listening to We're Both Right, Episode 1, brought to you the week of April 10th, 2019, with your hosts, James and Jennifer Kennison. This week, we're talking about how depression affects our kids and what to do when you hate your mom. Hi, how you doing? Welcome to We're Both Right, brought to you April 10th, 2019. I'm your host. My name is James, and my wife is here. Hi, I'm Jennifer. And uh, this is going to be an opinion and advice podcast. But the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for entertainment purposes only. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. The advice and opinions of this podcast should not be considered as professional advice. So... (laughs) I guess we jump right into it. Yep. Um, Hey, Jen and James. Uh, I'm a working mom with two boys. When my oldest was little, I worked about 28 hours a week, and both my husband and I were emotionally stable. Although we were first-time parents and a bit young, I was 23, and newly married. With my second, I suffered with postpartum depression, and it continued to become so much more. I almost died after giving birth, which sparked anxiety, both of which I struggle with daily still. My currently or currently my youngest is two and I now work 40 hours while both my husband and I have matured. I don't have it all together emotionally. And my kids have had two very different childhoods so far. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this or even your experience with your children, maybe knowing two different yous. I hope this makes sense. Love everything you guys do. Keep it up. Victoria Davis, Vicolin on Discord. So any initial thoughts on this, Jen? So I guess initially, let's see. um, They started out first-time parents, and she didn't work as much. Right. And then um, the second time was a lot more difficult. She suffered postpartum depression. She almost died during childbirth. Anxiety. Yeah. And her youngest is only two. I didn't really catch if it said what age the other one was. Yeah, it did not. Um, but one one thing I will put out there, and everybody worries about this so much, especially as first-time parents and even second-time parents, is they think every little thing that they do is going to be a detriment to your kid. Yeah. And it's it's so much more holistic than that. It's like... It's a collection of experiences. It's a collection of of things that they've learned, uh, you know, of, of things that, and there's so much of it they don't remember. Um, just to to talk about our side a little bit, you know, I stayed home with both kids um, for some time. Jenna, I was home with her for seven years. Jay, I was home with him for four years. So I basically didn't work out of the home for most of that time. Um, I did do a little bit of part time work, but that. For all intents and purposes, I don't think they... Yeah, you stayed. You were a stay-at-home mom. And um, I remember Jenna probably at age maybe nine or ten, and she said something about that she didn't even remember me not working. (laughs) Well, I didn't go back to work until she was seven. Yeah. I mean, that was seven years of her life that she didn't even recall me not working. Which kind of bothered me, by the way, because <laughs> <But laughs> I spent a lot of time at home. But I mean, I, I think you can take away from that that while we focus on different things, you know, the kids, the kids' reality is their reality, and they don't really get all tripped up on the same things we do. And 
you know, Jenna didn't even remember that I was at home. Now, I think it had a lot to do with the way she was, you know, raised. And, and I think there were a lot of benefits there. But but her herself, her experience, she didn't think, oh, I had a stay-at-home mom. So Right. But don't you think that you being there made a difference? Oh, absolutely. Even, but- even though... She didn't remember and and won't remember? Oh, yeah. I definitely do. But I'm saying from her point of view, there's so few things. The kids, you know, all of it matters and all of it creates the kid that you end up with. But each individual thing, they they may or may not pick up on, you know. I'm not disagreeing. I actually agree. I'm just, I'm thinking of it from the depressed person perspective. Uh, for those that don't know, who are just tuning in, uh, we are a depression uh, survivor family. I was diagnosed with uh, man- manic depression and uh, anxiety and God knows what else <laughs> several years back. And uh, it cost me my job and, and uh, I'm, I'm still, I would say, in recovery and struggling and dealing with that. And from that perspective... I I will tell you what depression does to you. It makes you worry that even, even though they wouldn't remember that it would still have some sort of impact the same way that you staying home with the kids had an impact, even though they don't remember. Mm -hmm. I, I can tell from the way she's worded it. She's saying with the first kid, they got raised right. Pretty much. Other than, you know, we're just dumb parents and we're new to this. The second kid seems like second kid's getting shortchanged. I'm a totally different person. They have a totally different set of parents. And I still would back up what you would say, even though I know what depression says. Depression says you've got one good one and you've screwed up the other. But the reality is, um, like Jen said, um, whoever you are, is what they know. And uh, actually, Jen didn't say anything close to <laughs> But whoever you are is what is what they know, and, and that is their normal. They don't have anything to compare it to. And um, kids are a lot more resilient than we give them credit for. Uh, they also have a lot more love and, and unconditional love in their heart for their parents, especially their mom. Um, then we give them credit for, and, uh, I, I know I've talked to my kids now that they're grown. Um, and, and I've got a son that barely remembers that I had a job, you know, barely yeah. remembers that I was even a children's pastor at one point. Uh, my daughter, I think was in third grade when I, when I had to quit third or fourth, somewhere in there. And, uh, he was barely out of preschool. And so he doesn't remember. He, he only knows the depressed, you know, dad. And that bothers me. And I can understand why she would be concerned about it. Um, but I talked to my son now that he's 11. I recently did a, a whole podcast. Actually, I'll link it. Um, it was it was episode seventy two of the Gospel of Kennison at gokcast.com called Sleepaway Church Camp and and I talked to him about what it was like what it is like to have a dad that is depressed 
And I was very surprised to hear that he thinks I'm a great dad, that he doesn't think he's missed out on anything and that it's hardly made a difference and that he couldn't imagine having anybody else other than me. Like he even almost tears up over it. Yeah. Well, one thing I would say, especially having been through the, you know, the being a depression survival family or whatever you called it, um, is that, you know, in a lot of ways you'll look back and say, oh, it sucks, you know, the the oldest one didn't have to deal with that side of me, the youngest one does, you know, they both have to deal with it now, that's just so horrible. But what you have to understand, and it took me a very long time to understand, is that's what life dealt you. You you didn't do anything to create that. You didn't almost die giving birth on purpose. Right, you it's know? not your fault. The, dep- the postpartum depression is a very real thing, and it's not something you can control. And I think everybody goes through it to a small extent. I mean, I remember you're, just everything that after having a baby, it's just a really, really rough thing. It was very rough on me, both kids. But, um, but I think what the kids pick up on and, and what, you, what they'll see throughout the rest of your life is how you handle it. It's mm. what what you do with what you've been dealt because they don't even know that there's an option out there where you're not dealt this. So I mean, th- that's what I've seen in our life. It's like it's like it's not perfect and it's frustrating at times. But it, the best we can do is is deal with what we have and and do the best by them. You know, it, when we try and I'm sure we fail as much as we succeed, but I mean, you, you just, you can't beat yourself up over the things you can't control. What you can focus on is the things you can control and, and, you know, trying to do the best you can. And, and, you know, hopefully your husband can step in when you can't, um, you know, and vice versa. I think that's why there's two of you because honestly, you know, the kids like James, um, for, for two years or so was just, you know, barely functional and I did everything. And then I ended up taking on a job to kind of improve my career and, and kind of push me further on the career path because I'd stepped out for so long that I was working all the time, you know, 70 to 90 hours a week. And I was never home. And, and James took over. And the kids remember these different pieces, but they don't remember feeling alone. And they don't remember feeling abandoned because they weren't. But, you know, so... I mean, just remember that, too, that there are two of you. And as a mother, you know, moms, women, they they think they should be able to do everything all the time. And they're a complete failure if they can't. But the reality of it is there's two parents for a reason, that there is not two parents because one can do absolutely everything and the other one just sits there. You know, it's it's, nobody can do everything. Right. Um, I'd also like to add that when when I'm good, when I'm up, when I'm not, like, super depressed... I think about uh, about my depression in the situation, and I think uh, positively about it. More positively, I should say. I, I I know that there are issues that my kids deal with because of me, and I know there's issues that you deal with, and I know that I have an impact on the family, but it, I don't quite feel it as bad as when I'm down. And when I'm down, I know that everything you said is true just as much as when I'm up, but it doesn't feel like it. It feels like it is my fault because I'm brought it. 
but you made a very important point that it happened to you. But what happens to the depressed person is they're saying, no, it's happening through me. And so it's my fault. I brought this into the family. If it wasn't for me, there, there wouldn't be this for them to deal with. But what I hear you saying is it's something that happened to her. It's something that happened to me. And I, I was always really, really hard on myself. I'd always tell people that I felt like a failure and they'd say, you're not a failure. This, this happened to you. And I'd say, well, imagine I had to get a pie to a wedding. I don't know why oh, you'd need a, pe- a wedding at a, or a pie at a wedding. I, I think it was a wedding cake. Oh, okay. A wedding cake. <laughs> and on the way there, the, the tire blew and I, I missed it. I missed the opportunity. I did. I failed. And, and, and everybody would say, it's not your fault. The tire popped, but I still failed. And that's the reality that a depressed person has to deal with is saying, um, Yes, I know that. I know that it's not my fault. I know that I didn't bring it on, but I still, it's still here and it's because of me. And what I would want to encourage you uh, to begin to think is, uh, is more like what you were supposed to think when, like when you're up, when you're up and everything's fine. um, Just remember that is real. That's what's real. Not the dark, depressed version of it. Am I, am I making sense at all? I'm yes. trying to. Yes, you are. <laughs> okay. Um, because the you that thinks clearly is the real you. Um, depression and anxiety are 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 what do they call them? Dis not disabilities. They are uh, disorders. That means it changes the way you act normally. But when you're depressed, you think that's you. And that's what depression tells you, that this is your natural state. And that's not true. And your kids don't believe that either. They don't believe that's your natural state. They know you and they love you and they love what is you. And as they get older, like like my wife said, and they begin to be able to understand more and more of what you're going through. And you can they'll, they'll ask questions and you can answer them. And tell them what you deal with, they will begin to to go back in time even, and put pieces of the puzzle together. And um, I'm just saying from experience and having talked to my kids, at my darkest time, I thought that I that my family would be better off without me. And I I would wail and weep because I would be afraid that I've passed it on to them genetically, even, you know, um, that they're going to have to deal with this. And then when I wasn't so dark and down, those same thoughts come to me. And it's amazing how the normal, your brain, you know, when you're feeling normal, your brain works differently. And, and I would think, yeah, okay. So they might deal with some depression, but they'll have me. And I'll be there for them. And I will have gone through this and I will know how to talk to them and how to listen and when to shut up and when to hug them and when to not touch them. And and they'll have a parent that understands. And I would gladly bear this cross to be that kind of parent for them. So any badness that I perceive that I've done to my family is going to be offset 
in some way, somehow, by uh, the the benefits of having gone through the struggle. Like, like it bothers me so bad that I was not my son's children's pastor. He never knew me at my prime. But he knows me differently than Jenna does. He knows me as the stay-at-home dad. And honestly, I, I don't think I, could, I would trade it for the world. He is who he is now. Even his sense of humor and everything else... Yes, they are clones of you. and They've been shaped <laughs> yes. by me. <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's been good. Look, in some, some ways, you just got to judge. You got to judge yourself by the way your kids judge you. And they don't. You're just mom or you're just dad. Well, and one thing I've seen in our kids that actually has been a really positive thing out of this whole experience is I think they really have compassion for for not just James, but for for us or or for other people because they understand how they understand bits and pieces of the struggle, and so it's like they understand that life is not perfect, but they I think it's developed a certain compassion in them for people who do struggle, which I think is a really good quality in a kid. A lot of kids don't pay attention to other people and, you know, are focused on only themselves. I think it helps give them, you know, more of a third person perspective and realizing that life is not easy for everybody. That's good. That's good stuff. Yeah. We want to protect our kids. Um, but that's not always what's best for them, is it? No. And it's really, really hard. Cause I always want to protect them from everything. <laughs> Yeah, and when you think that you're the thing that you need to protect them from, that's that's hard. Mm-hmm. But but it's not the case. And each and your kids are honestly so young, um, that you've got so much time to invest in them and to turn things around. Even if you feel like things have have uh, you know one kid got shortchanged, you've got so much time to um to make that right and to be whoever you're gonna be because that's who they're gonna know that's what they're gonna want that's that's the person they're gonna love is the person you are and and my son and my daughter have learned i don't know i don't know that they've learned it's it's they just accept me and they love me and they wouldn't trade me for the world. And I know, uh, Victoria, that your kids would say the same thing. So, um, I know things have changed. You're working 40 hours. You feel horrible about uh, probably abandoning them or feeling like you have. Uh, but eventually you, those two different childhoods, early childhoods are going to sync up. Meaning both of them, like my kids, have have gotten used to the way things are now. Mom works, dad's at home, and uh, we eat whenever mom cooks. And when she doesn't, we go out because dad doesn't cook. Nope. Um, and and would I change things if I could? Yes, yes, absolutely. If I could snap my fingers and snap out of this mess and be consistently healthy mentally, I, I would do it in an instant. And 
if I could have my energy back and my drive and, and, uh, you know, the stuff I, I lost, um, I would do it. And, but, but would my kids be better off if this had never happened to me? I say, no, they work. They turned out fine and they're going to be fine. And like Jen said, they might even be better off because of the struggle because they've seen, um, they've seen me at my worst. They've seen me at my best and they've seen me struggle through and do the best I can when I can. And they've seen, I believe God at work in, in our lives. And if you don't have struggle, there's never a time for God to do anything. And, uh, how many church kids go their whole life hearing about the wonderful things of God? And it goes in one ear out the other because they never see it lived out in, in their life. It's only through trial and struggle those times our faith is tested that you get those opportunities to uh, have that scripture come to life. Um, so I don't know. That's my two cents. Anything you want to add? Uh, no, I think we've covered it all. <laughs> we've beat that one. To, <laughs> yeah, really. <to> <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, let's do one more just for fun. Okay. Um, and, and by the way, before we do leave that, uh, episode 72 and episode 71 of Gospel of Kennison at GOKCast.com will be linked in the show notes. Those are two separate podcasts. One is my me interviewing my daughter about depression and having a depressed dad. The other one is, is uh, asking my son the same questions. And uh, it's just interesting. It might help you to know what's coming down the pipe. All right. Uh, dear James and Jen, Hey, I'm 14 and for no good reason. I hate my mom. <laughs> what a great one to follow the last one. <laughs> Everything she does annoys me. And I know that if anyone else did the exact same thing, I wouldn't care at all. So at least she's, you know, they're, they're, she recognizes that yeah. it might not be. I don't know if this objective. is a she or a he, by the way. Oh, also, she thinks badly of all my friends, even though she's hardly met them. And every time she gets the opportunity, she doesn't want to. And also, all of them are from the same youth ministry, and it's a super good ministry. I don't know how to stop, I guess, stop hating her mom. Uh, I want a good relationship with my mom, but I don't know what to do. And then the username is TG Horse. So I don't know. Do we pick a do we pick a gender for this? This kid? I was guessing a girl because of the friends thing. Okay. I don't know if a boy would be that offended if you didn't like his friends. Okay. All right. So we're going to we're gonna go with girl. It, it does make a difference. Um, so in the future, when you write in, uh, let us know if you're male or female, especially if you're a teen, because that would, that would help. Um, first of all, I'm, I'm sorry that you hate your mom. <laughs> Uh, I promise you, she's probably doing her best. Uh, and, and she's, but she is a human being with her own sets of struggles and problems and issues. And, um, like you said, other people could probably do the same thing and it wouldn't bother you at all. Um, uh, well, all right, go ahead. Oh, I didn't know if you were pausing because you needed to say something. Or I was pausing because I'd run out of things to say. Okay, well, uh, in that paragraph, I'll um I'll throw a couple things out there. Um, so 
I think like one of the best two things because you know your feelings are your feelings. You hate your mom. It, it just is, you know. But the best way to kind of change your feelings is, uh, you know, a lot of it can be done by actions. Um, and, and two things I would put out there. One would be um, start thinking of the things you appreciate about your mom. I mean, I know it sounds silly, but write a list or, or just try to think of it because that tends to change your perspective a little bit. Yeah, make a list. Make a physical list. Get it out of your head and onto paper. There is something magical about that. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I would I would say is just start trying to do like maybe one nice thing for your mom every day. Because it sounds like to me that that your relationship with her is probably kind of contentious for whatever reason. Maybe you guys have very similar personalities and you just don't get along and you grate on each other's nerves. But, um, you know, if you start, it, it changes that dynamic so much when you start doing something nice for somebody you know your your mom especially usually like most moms has a lot of housework to do a lot of extra things she's doing i mean just just trying to do one thing or, or coming up to her is there anything i can help you with it, it very much changes everybody's perspective it'll make you feel better and i i think it will make her you know really appreciate what you're doing and and i think it could just have have a positive impact overall and and to, to piggyback off of that 14 year olds do tend to be a little bit self-centered and if you can own that and say okay my age group typically has this problem with their parents my age group typically is going to uh be a little self-centered if you can own that as much as it it, it irks you to own it and then work to counteract that. Like you're, like what my wife basically said was, it's easier to act your way into feelings than it is to feel your way into actions. And if you put your mom's needs before yours and you try to do things selflessly, not to get some sort of reaction or benefit out of it, but just 100%, you did it because you love her and you want to show her, uh, love, um, you will see a change and a difference in that relationship. And I guarantee you a big chunk of it, a big percentage of it will be you that changes because here's the thing. Your mom has probably been the way she's been your whole life. She's probably been the same way almost your whole life. It's you that has changed because you're growing, you're getting smarter you're starting to think critically. You're seeing things that you don't like and do like. You're starting to judge your mom as a human instead of just this mom. She's just mom. Like we talked about earlier, mom's just mom. I When I was a kid, my mom was uh, uh, a little overweight, but I didn't notice. And she would tell me, she's like, I'm fat. I'm like, no, you're not. Because she was mom. That's what mom was supposed to look like. That's who yeah. mom was. And uh, so, so. TG horse, you, you have changed quite a bit and you, you need to own that and just say, okay, um, what can I do on my end to, to, to make those differences and writing, writing things down is a great idea. Well, one other thing I would put out there is assuming this is a girl and her mom is, it is very normal and typical, especially at 14 
to really have issues, and I think it, it works this way with boys with their dads, to have issues with the parents of the same sex. And it's because you're you're growing up and you're it, it's something about that dynamic of two women in a house, two men in a house. Or there's almost a power struggle. Yeah. So so you're very normal. I mean, it's not not really anything you or your mom's doing, most likely. It is probably just part of the horrible time in your life of being a middle schooler. Right. And you will grow out of that piece. Yes. I mean, that, that, that will, that's just part of life. And that's the last bit that I wanted to go through is that you are going to have to grow out of it. But I've always told, especially young people, that even though you have to wait to grow on the outside, you do not have to wait to grow up on the inside. And that is what I was talking about earlier, about making those changes in yourself, checking yourself and saying, okay, do I want to be a typical 14-year-old who hates their parents? Or do I want to change, you know, control what I can control, which isn't much at your age, granted. But am I going to take control of and responsibility for my side of things? And am I going to do what's right for the family and to maintain peace and to not burn any bridges between me and my mom? Because whether you know it or not, you know, you need your mom almost as much when you move out as you do. Uh, when you're there and you don't, you don't want to do anything that's going to be forever, you know, unless it's positive thing. Exactly. So I hope that helps. Well, that is our show. uh, Our first one, episode zero. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. If you would like to send in a question or if you would like to hear us talk on a certain topic, you can send such things to James at NLCast.com. And we will put it on the next episode, more than likely. We'll hope to see you guys next time. Thanks, Jen, for recording with me. I know first episodes are a little rough and uh, always a bit of uh, uh, of, of fun, of, of kind of breaking it in, you know. Well, thanks for having me on the show. No problem. Thank you for recording with like me. Like permanently having me on the show. Yes. Yes. Forever <laughs> and ever. All right. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>